Hi, I'm John McElroy with AutoLine. You know, the AutoLine shows keep getting better and better all the time, but we know we can do an even better job, but we need your help to do it. Would you follow the link below to fill out a survey? It'll only take you a few moments, and we know that your input can help us do a better job. So I want to thank you in advance for taking the time to do so. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, your journey, our passion, and by Dow Automotive Systems, improving durability and increasing design flexibility with Betamate structural adhesives at DowBetamate.com. Hello and welcome to Auto Line Daily. I'm Sean McRoy filling in for John while he's still out recovering from jet lag from his trip to China last week. But now, on to today's top stories. Ford is changing the way it conducts cost accounting for developing new vehicles, all with the idea of encouraging product managers to introduce more new technology on cars and trucks. Typically, American automakers charge the entire development cost for a new technology to whichever vehicle line uses it first. This discourages product managers from taking on that financial burden for their program. But now Ford is changing that practice. Speaking to a group of reporters yesterday at Ford's World Headquarters, Hao Tai Tang, the Vice President of Purchasing, noted that Ford will now spread the cost of developing any new technology and cross across the entire line of vehicles that will use it. He cites blind spot detection and self-parking technology as an example of how this has already been implemented. Here's our AutoLine Insight. This is a significant change and is a practice that is similar to how Japanese automakers do their cost accounting. For the last decade, the BRIC countries have led growth in global automotive sales. BRIC, of course, stands for Brazil, Russia, India, and China. But now a report from the Boston Consulting Group says we're going beyond the BRICs. It says Indonesia, Malaysia, and Thailand will see sales of 4.6 million by 2020. That's bigger than the Russian market. Iran, Saudi Arabia, and Turkey will have sales of 5.8 million vehicles, bigger than Brazil. Argentina, Colombia, and Chile will hit sales of 2.9 million, which is getting close to the size of the German market. Algeria, Egypt, and Morocco will see sales top 1 million, still small but representing good growth. All this shows that the global automotive industry is going to keep on growing it could come close to producing 100 million new vehicles a year by the end of this decade. The UAW is receiving more pushback in its attempt to organize Volkswagen's plant in Tennessee. The union claims that over 50% of workers signed cards in support of representation, but that prompted a group of workers to circulate a petition saying that they were misled into signing them and that they don't want the union. Now the Detroit News reports that four employees have filed a federal complaint against VW, accusing the automaker of forcing workers to join a union in order for the plant to build future models. Who knows what will happen, but we'll have more info about the battle in a future AutoLine this week. And speaking of AutoLine, we're looking for your help to improve the show. Please go to www.autoline.tv survey and take a few minutes to fill out the survey. We're looking for your input regarding the topics we cover and how we deliver our shows to you. Once again, that link is www.autoline.tv survey. And thanks for your help. 
You know, if you're one of those people that think today's supercars have too much technology stuffed into them, you may start to like Aston Martin's CEO, Dr. Ulrich Bez, just a little bit more. When he was asked his thoughts about hybrid powertrains, like the ones used in the Porsche 918 Spyder, Ferrari LaFerrari, or the McLaren P1, he says, and I quote, I'm a purist and I think a sports car should have as low a weight as possible. It should be as minimalistic as it can be, and this does not work with hybridization, end quote. Dr. Bez goes on to say that these powertrains are also very complex and that electrical issues are the most common source of failures these days, which is why the company will not be using a hybrid powertrain anytime soon and will be sticking with the likes of its gasoline-powered V12 engines. I'm sure we've all pulled up to the gas pump at some point in time while it was either raining or snowing outside and just wished that you didn't have to get out of the car. Well, that may be a reality soon. The folks over at the Husky Corporation have created this system that will automatically open the gas door, then fill the tank. There are a few drawbacks though. It only works with a capless fueling system, and we're not sure if the driver can select the fuel grade from inside the vehicle, or what happens if your vehicle has a fuel door that only opens from the inside. But either way, I for one would welcome this system during one of our cold winter mornings here in Michigan. Coming up next, a look at Ram's newest gasoline engine. Dow Automotive Systems, driving solutions in automotive, commercial transportation, and aftermarket with innovative products like Betamate structural adhesives. Lighter, stronger, safer. DowBetamate.com. The Ram brand has only seen about 15% of its heavy-duty truck customers opt for a gasoline engine, where the market average is about 30%. So the company decided it needed to add something a little bit beefier under the hood. Well, for one thing, in the 3500 model, which is behind me, we didn't have a gas engine entry for until just this year. Um, we really were missing out on that part of the market. Uh, of course, we have the best-in-class Cummins turbo diesel, 850 foot-pounds torque, 30,000 pounds towing, incredible powertrain, but we do see the market. There's still a market for a gas engine. So we developed this great new 6.4-liter Hemi based on our 5.7, but we're able to incorporate MDS, our multiple displacement system, or cylinder deactivation. And so we can actually shut off four cylinders and deliver better fuel economy and better capability. It's uh, 410 horsepower, 429 pound-feet of torque. Um, and that'll deliver over 17,000 pounds of towing capability in a gas engine. You may be thinking, what's the big deal? Ram just shoved the same 6.4 liter Hemi in its HD trucks that SRT already had in its lineup, but that's not the case. I'd love to make it clear, right? The SRT brand has a 6.4 engine, Hemi engine. It's a completely different powertrain though. I wanna stress, this, this engine was designed and built for Ram trucks. It's got great low end torque. It's got great power curve throughout the, the rev range and really a durability, it's built really beefy. We put in uh, hardened valve seats, um, a lot of structure into it to make sure it'll last the long haul for a heavy duty customer. We actually tested this on our powertrain duty cycle, 200,000 mile customer equivalent miles 
the same duty cycle we run the Cummins engine on. So this is a really a big truck engine. The new 6.4 liter Hemi is built in Mexico on the same assembly line as the 5.7 liter Hemi. And that's it for today's show. Once again, I'm Sean McElroy. Thanks for watching and please join us again here tomorrow.